Hi, I'm Whitney Lee, founder of Socially PR and Digital Media, and for over a decade, I've been creating and executing marketing and PR plans for businesses all over the U.S. I'm obsessed with helping entrepreneurs bring their big ideas to life and most importantly, boost their bottom line. The Socially Relevant Podcast is a resource to give you clarity, ideas, and inspiration that you can actually apply to marketing your business. So you won't find any overwhelming tech talk here. We're breaking down all the details in a way that's fun and easy to understand, giving you tangible ways to take action. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, welcome back. It's another solo episode this week, and we're talking about hiring because my agency is hiring. And actually, it depends on when you're listening to this episode, but it's September right now, September 2022. uh, And we just put out that we are hiring for a new role. But I also get so many questions uh, about the hiring process and how to get a job in this industry and how to break into it if you don't have any experience or maybe you're just out of college. Um, And I also speak to a lot of um, college students and I really love it, um, helping them learn how to get their their name in the pot. So this will be a little bit of a a fun episode for you if you're trying to break into the industry or if you're just getting out of school. Um, Or maybe you're trying to hire somebody right now too. Maybe this might give you a little bit of clarity and vision, somebody in the PR realm. So uh, right now we are hiring for a PR and digital media coordinator. If you wanna see more details on that, um, you can go to our website, it's besocially.com. B is in boy, E is in egg, sociallee.com. Um, so you can head there. We have a careers page and it'll tell you all the details on the job there. It is full time and it's fully remote. So if you know somebody, holla at your girl. Um, I would love to connect with them and see if it might be a fit. So, um, but in general, I think there's a huge misconception or maybe like a lack of understanding about what your role might be in PR. I think PR is a glamorous industry or people think it is. Um, But, and I always warn anyone before I hire them onto our team for a PR role, I go through very nitty gritty and tell them like, this is what the role looks like. This is not going to parties and sipping martinis and giggling and kissing babies. I mean, we do a little bit of that, but that's not the actual work. (laughs) That's just like the, the icing on the cake that helps seal the deal with the connections that will then help you with the work you're doing during the week. So uh, it's definitely not a a fluff role. You better be tough. And I always say like PR is not rocket science, but you got to get your head in the right space. You have to think like a PR person, you know, to have that strategy mindset and what to say and when to do this. It's all about timing, being in the right place at the right time. And when people don't understand what PR is, I always tell them PR is all about visibility. At the end of the day, there's so many facets to PR, but it's all about getting your brand or your business in front of the right people at the right time and having the perfect message so that they see you in the light that you want to be seen so that your brand portrays what you're trying to portray. If you're trying to be super luxury, is it speaking to that? Is If you're trying to be friendly, affordable, and approachable, is it speaking to that? So I always jokingly say we're kind of like image consultants in a way of like ensuring that how you want to be perceived is how the public and your potential clients or customers are seeing you. And it's so fun for me. PR is like... 
there's no rules. You know what I mean? I mean, there, there are best practices, but there's really no rules. It's about getting creative and coming up with cool ideas to get your, your client or your business out there. So if you're looking for a role in PR right now, or maybe you're wanting to hire someone in PR, here are some bullet points of the tasks that you might be doing. And I always tell people, when we do a proposal for a potential client in PR, I, I mean, it's like a two-page summary of everything that could be included in PR. I'm like, all right, listen, <laughs> we're not doing every single one of these tasks every single month. We are, we could be doing any of this, you know, just based on what's happening in your business, what season it is, um, a lot of different factors. These are, it's just painting a picture of some of the tasks we could be doing. And it's always kind of interesting pitching people um, to take on their PR, uh, because it, it is a little bit of a gray area until we really dig in and like think up, you know, some campaigns and angles and strategies that we want to do. Um, you know, with other services we provide like social media, it's so easy for me to clarify deliverables. And by that, I mean, clarifying of like, we're going to post on the following platforms, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whichever ones, you know, um, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, we're going to post three times a week. We're going to answer the DMs. We're going to respond to the reviews and the comments. Da, da, da. Like those are all very direct deliverables that the client can actually go see and check. Like, have they posted? Are they responding? That kind of thing. But PR is just a little bit different because I can't promise the deliverables. If you don't have something going on that month that's worthy of a news, uh, like a press release, we're, we're not going to write a press release that month. Maybe we're going to focus more on influencers that month, or we're going to focus on pitching you to be on podcasts or whatever. Um, so the deliverables change so often in PR that it's really hard to like um, put that into a contract of like, I hereby promise we're going to do this, this, and this every month. But I think that our clients, once they get on board with us and they really start understanding what PR is, they're like, okay, I get it. Like it is changing every month. It's all about what opportunities are coming your way or what opportunities can we create kind of thing. So usually once they get on board after a couple months, they totally start to get it. And they're not so concerned about like, no, no, no. I need to know a checklist of what deliverables you're going to give to me. Um, and I also certainly never promise outcomes. The same thing in social media. I never promise an outcome of like, I hereby promise that in two months, we're going to quadruple your, your social media following. I can't promise that. Does that happen a lot? Yeah. Like we see incredible growth, but I never promise it um, because you never know. Every industry is different. Every client is different. Every following is different. And same thing with PR. We never promise outcomes because you don't know what the outcome is going to be you know? Um, okay. So let's dive in. So what tasks you might be doing in a role in PR? So number one, uh, pitching media, you know, trying to get earned media coverage, you know, in the right magazines and the right blogs or vlogs or in the local newspaper or on the local TV station, whatever the case may be, every client's different, but you could be pitching media and that means writing individual emails, following up with phone calls, like pitching sounds so fancy, but really pitching is writing a million bajillion emails. And when people don't respond, following up with them. And when they still don't respond, maybe you're calling them, checking in with them, 
that kind of thing. So pitching the media is definitely not for the faint of heart. And sometimes you feel like you're failing because you're like, oh my God, I've sent 50 emails and I got one response. But that's the name of the game in pitching. You know, sometimes these media people are, they're so wrapped up in covering news and doing other things that they don't have time to respond to you. So, you know, anybody out there, every PR person listening is like, I feel this so hard. So uh, one, pitching the media. Uh, Number two, coming up with ideas for partnerships and collaborations. You know, maybe you're representing um, a spa and they use a certain line of wax, like could you, you know, create a partnership between the wax company and your spa company and put it in all of the different locations? Um, and how can they in exchange promote your spa, you know, those kind of things. So, uh, not only coming up with the ideas and then going to your client and saying, Hey, what do you think if we did a partnership with Lululemon for our next, you know, workshop, and then the client's like, Hmm, cool. That sounds good. Then it's your job to go back and you got to find the right person to talk to, which is half the freaking battle, finding the right person to talk to, getting connected with them, pitching them on the idea and getting their buy-in. Then you're connecting the two parties. You're talking about details of what this partnership looks like. What is each side, you know, going to be giving at that point, you're kind of a mediator of what the partnership's going to look like. So at the end of the day, both parties end up very, very happy and it's mutually beneficial. So Uh, partnerships and collaborations is number two. Number three, this is my favorite, um, research. People have no idea how much research goes in to being in PR. Again, they think of us as Samantha on sex in the city, giggle, giggle, martinis all night. Uh, no, just like I was mentioned in the last one about partnerships and in the first one, pitching media. First, you got to find these people. Okay. So like, you've got to figure out, you know, if you're trying to pitch Lululemon for something, you know, how do you get to the person who decides about partnerships with Lululemon? You got to get savage because they don't have it listed on their website. I tell you that, you know, you've got to research, you got to go through LinkedIn. I mean, it is a lot of work sometimes just to figure out who is the right person to talk to. So a lot of that research falls on PR people. That is certainly going to be a part of the role that I'm hiring for right now. So it's almost like you're like this sleuth, like this internet sleuth of like, how do I find the right person? Um, So finding contacts for sponsorship and media, you know, you might be researching competitors to see what they're doing or researching the industry in general, like what's changing in the makeup industry or Um, What are the trends happening for 2023 that we can get ahead of the game and advise our clients on this trend is coming? What if in January we launched a line that did this, this, and this? Like staying on the pulse of what's happening is so important. So research plays a big role. So that's number three. I could probably talk for research on research for an hour, uh, but then I feel like I'm going to scare everyone off. And yeah. And I always say, if people knew how much research went into this, then sometimes they probably wouldn't apply for the job, but you got to be tough and you got to be resourceful AF to find the right person for all these things. Uh, so number four, um, finding, finding influencers, the right ones, and then going through the whole thing of outreach and negotiation with them. So we do influencer campaigns all the time, but the most important part of an influencer campaign is that you're getting the right influencer? Do they have the right audience that, that 
we're trying to get in front of, you know? So finding the right one and then outreach negotiation on what they receive, you know, what are you paying them? What are they receiving and what are they doing in return? So influencers, that is its whole world. Um, and the next up would uh, kind of a bounce off of influencers, um, affiliates. And we've actually been doing a lot more affiliate programs uh, with our clients. I just had somebody on the podcast a few weeks ago, Kelsey Ayers from uh, Rexy. They are a completely just affiliate agency. So if that tells you how big the affiliate industry is becoming, I mean, their entire agency, that's all they do. They serve huge corporate clients um, with affiliate programs because it's that complicated. Uh, so for anyone who doesn't know what affiliate programs are, um, it's a fancy word for referral fee. You know, like when, when you see influencers that say like, use my code, blah, 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 and you'll get, you know, or click the link below and you'll get 10% off or whatever. Those are all trackable links and they receive a cut of every bit that you buy. Uh, and it's not just influencers, actually media people are doing it now, not just media people. I mean like media outlets in general, you know, like it used to be that magazines made all this money off of printed pieces. Uh, but now, you know, a lot of them don't have printed magazines anymore and they're only doing the online version. So you're like, Hmm, if, if they're not getting money off the subscriptions and people buying the magazine on the shelf, like how are they making money off these online versions? Well, it's through affiliate links. So that's why you always see, especially like Buzzfeed too, you see them like, the top five new lip liners you need to try or whatever. I always go back to makeup because I love makeup. Um, but the top five, you know, lip liners you need to try. Well, all those links inside of there, like those are all affiliate links. So they're making a lot of money off of affiliate links. But hey, you know what? Like that's a win-win. Like the media makes money off of it. And the, um, the, lip liner, the makeup company makes money off of it or whoever is featured, you know? So gosh, if you have a product or a service-based business and you're not doing affiliate programs yet, ha, holla, that is like a huge opportunity. There are some businesses that don't even advertise. Literally all they do is focus on getting affiliates and the affiliates sell their products for them. And I also know people that are, they do affiliate marketing and that's literally how they make their entire living. That's it. All they do is post stuff. They have maybe a website or a blog and they have affiliate links inside of there and they're making multiple six figures just by like writing stuff and sticking a link in there. Yeah, goals. Um, so that's the next one is affiliate work. Um, if you're you know in a PR job, you might also uh, be writing press releases. That's actually becoming less and less now um, because I think individual pitching is really where it's at. But if your client or business has like a, an important announcement, keyword announcement, um, then a press release can be a good option. Uh, press releases are not meant for sales. That makes me crazy when I see people writing press releases off sales. Like, no, it needs to be an announcement. Like, did you win an award? Did you, you know, launch a new product? Are you hosting an event? There has to be an announcement. Uh, so you press releases, uh, coordinating a press conference. You might be handling that just depending on what your client is doing. Uh, you'll be inviting the media, uh, putting together a list of like the timeline, uh, who is all going to speak. Um, and then also, you know, you could be the one writing the speech for the CEO, for your client, you know, really ensuring that their messaging is 
spot on with what the company is trying to portray. Usually CEOs are really good at speaking. Um, but again, sometimes they're more into operations and they, they're not as eloquent. So it's like your job to help them verbalize what they need to say. So, um, that's a whole other thing too, is like writing the speech and then practicing it with them. Um, I'm kind of jumping all over my list here, but it all, it's all, it's all in the world of PR. So you could be creating a press kit. You know, sometimes we'll get on with clients and they don't have a press kit yet. Um, and most press kits now are just virtual. So if you ever see like a press page on somebody's website, um, that's where people can go, especially media people. It's like an easy one-stop shop to get your high-res logo, to get like approved images, to um, get some about information for your, you know, for us, like sometimes it's hotels, it's like about the hotel or, um, so it's like a one-stop shop for, um, the scoop on that company or business. Uh, you could be coordinating a photo shoot for a feature. You could be writing an article. Sometimes, you know, we'll have people write back and say, we want to feature you, but could you write 500 words and send that our way? 500 words about your client. Well, sure. Yeah, we'll jump on that. Um, you know, writing responses to negative press uh, or negative reviews. Like a lot of times the social media team will come to the PR team and say, gosh, we got this negative review, blah, blah, blah. Like, what do y'all think we should say back? Uh, and so really helping craft that um, response. And I don't know if you've noticed how many of these tasks, um, are related to writing. So minor sidebar, like writing is the number one skill you need to be in this role. If you're not a good writer, you're going to struggle. Um, because these media people are going to see your stuff and it's going to, they won't be able to trust it. You know, like a lot of times our, our media contacts, they love using what we send them because it's literally like served up to them on a silver platter. It's written, it's grammatically sound, punctuations on point, you know, like, and they are able to like copy paste. And if they want to edit it a little bit, they can. And sometimes they do. We're cool with that. Um, and sometimes they don't. Sometimes they literally copy and paste and they're like, thank you so much for making my life so easy. Uh, so yeah, um, I can't stress that enough. If, if you're trying to get into the industry, your grammar, your AP style, your punctuation, all of that, your attention to detail in general is very, very important. If you're going to be speaking on behalf of a business, you got to have your stuff together. Um, and then last but not least, I mean, there are way more things that could be on this list, but the last thing that I wrote on this list, um, is finding events for our client. Uh, and finding speaking engagements for our client. Maybe that's a podcast. Maybe you're doing podcast pitching. Uh, but also we have some clients that we find them events. You know, they get a lot out of going to conferences and summits and expos and like setting up a booth. We don't necessarily work the booth. We usually find the event, negotiate the whole deal, uh, and then communicate that back to our client of like, hey, we've got this opportunity to be in this conference in Atlanta, you know, in June. The cost is this, this, and this. This is how many attendees are having. We think it's a great idea. Do you want to do it? Yes, you do. Okay, cool. We go back to the event. Hey, we're in. We coordinate all that back and forth. And then we find out the logistical bleh, logistical details. And we send that back to our clients so they can actually go and execute the event. So, I mean, that that is the tip of the iceberg of like what 
a role in PR might look like. Our PR managers do pretty much everything on this list. Um, and that's why these came to top of mind for me. But I mean, God, y'all, there are seriously so many other things um, that PR people, you know, can be working on. So it's a really, really diverse position, uh, but it's so much fun. It's like all about creativity. Um, and a lot of people ask me um, how to find the jobs they want, or they'll say like, there are no jobs out there, Whitney. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like everyone's hiring right now. Uh, and I wish I would have known this coming out of college, you know, so maybe this is a, a good word for my girls and guys coming out of college that are looking for roles. I didn't even know where to begin. I'll be honest. I got an undergrad degree in communication. Um, and so when I started looking, I, I hadn't decided I was going to grad school yet. So I started looking for a job, but I didn't even know like what job titles to search, you know? So th this is back in the day when monster was king. Um, LinkedIn didn't exist yet. Indeed certainly didn't exist. So everybody did monster.com. So I didn't even know what to Google or like what to search to like what, what the title of a role was. So how do you find jobs? Um, okay. So right now LinkedIn and indeed are by far the biggest, of course you can go on there, look at jobs. Um, but also here are some other like kind of interesting ideas. Um, Google the markets you want to live in. Okay. So if you really want to live in Atlanta, um, you know, you could Google Atlanta agency, or maybe you don't want to work in an agency. I, I always suggest, especially if you're coming straight out of college, I always suggest to jump into agency life first, because that's going to get you involved in so many different industries. A lot of times you'll get your hand, you know, agencies have different teams. So you might have a, you might learn about email funnels. You might learn about social media. You learn about PR, like, there are some agencies that handle like pay-per-click ads too. Like you're going to be exposed to a lot of different information inside of an agency. Um, and also some agencies, you know, are representing a myriad of different industries. So you could get your feet wet and like take on a medical client and also take on a makeup client and also take on, gosh, I don't know, food and beverage, you know? So then you've got your hands in multiple industries, which can be really, really valuable on your resume. And it'll also like give you a lot of direction. You know, if you're really not sure what industry or you, you're like, honestly, I'm not like super attached to one industry. That's how I felt coming out of school. It, it's a good way to like kind of help narrow that down because a few, you know, a few months or a, a few years into working in an agency, you'll quickly identify like, man, I love working on the social media team or whatever team. I love working on social media. Um, and gosh, like the, the medical clients are my favorite. Well, then after that, if you want to move out of industry, out of agency life, you can, that kind of hones in your, your vision a little bit. And then you can start going after a career in medical, you know, in medical social media, there are tons of jobs in that. So, um, I always suggest l starting with an agency, uh, cause it'll just give you so much broad experience. So a, after LinkedIn and Indeed, you can Google the markets you want to live in, you know, LA PR agency, LA social media agency, um, that kind of thing. If you don't want to work in an agency, then you could Google like um, Atlanta based businesses, you know, or like 
again, it depends on what market or city you want to live in. Um, you can find businesses that are based in that city. Uh, for example, like UPS is based in Louisville. Um, you know, American Airlines is based in Dallas. Uh, Coca-Cola is based in Atlanta. There's all these different, like, you know, Disney's in Orlando, that kind of thing. So you can start finding like what market these businesses what businesses are based in the market that you're interested in. So that's one option, like look geographically and then find out who's there. You can also Google by industry. Like let's say you're really passionate about working in fashion. You can literally go and Google fashion PR agency, fashion social media agency. Um, and then you'll find some that way. Uh, and also I really encourage you to like look on Instagram follow hashtags like hashtag PR agency, uh, hashtag fashion PR, like whatever, start looking, um, through hashtags and even just through the Instagram search, gosh, they've really come a long way with the Instagram search because now the, you know, the bios are searchable. I mean, that's not a new thing, but the bios are searchable. So, you know, whenever you, um, whenever you search on Instagram, like you could find some cool agencies there, uh, or even, you know, you might find someone, you know, like a me or somebody like that, that has started an agency and you can shoot them a DM and say like, Hey, I'm looking for a role in this, this, and this, like, would you have any idea of any roles available or how do I go about it? Like, I'm such a big fan of like, when you want to get somewhere in life, reach out to somebody who has gotten there and just ask them how they did it. Sometimes they'll, they'll respond to you. I, I am always really flattered when somebody reaches out to me and they want my two cents. Um, and sometimes they won't respond. Maybe they're too busy or maybe they just don't check that account ever, or maybe it's managed by their assistant or something else like that. So don't take it personally if they don't respond, but I'm a big fan of if somebody is somewhere that you're trying to get, what do you have to lose? Just reach out to them and say, Hey, how did you do that? Um, so that's kind of some ideas about how to find jobs. Um, I will say your resume is incredibly important because we can't interview every single person that comes our way. Like when I put up a job description, like I'll get sometimes 50 to a hundred applicants. Like it's borderline overwhelming. So I'll tell you what I look for when I open these resumes and it helps them are come to the top of my quote unquote stack. If you will, I save them all in a folder. Like when I see a good resume, I drag it into the hiring folder. And then I have like set aside time that I go through and like really look at their resumes uh, and decide if I want to interview them. So <clears throat> first thing I would say is adding some numbers to your website. Like, so underneath each one of your experience, not to your website, <laughs> Adding some numbers to your resume, okay? Um, underneath your experience, if you, you know, managed the team, like how many were on the team, managed four employees underneath me, or, you know, wrote and distributed over 25 press releases. Like, get some numbers and stats in there um, because I think that brings it to life of how much experience you have. Um, also, a really big important one is results. Um, not just listing what your job responsibilities were, but what did you make happen in that role? Uh, that definitely catches my eye when they're like increased a social media following by 30% in the first three months. 
Like if I see that they are dialed in and paying attention to stats and results, that goes a long way for me because we have to be that way with our clients. We have to think that way of consistently showing them what what we're doing because they might see the posts and they're, you know, on social or PR or whatever, like they might see things are happening, but sometimes when they're hit with those stats of like, Hey, did you know that we've doubled your social media following <clears throat> within one year? They're like, Whoa, you know? So it's, uh, and it might be the difference between, you know, a client continuing or they're not, you know, sometimes they don't realize so many good things are happening. They just see it from the surface and they're like, Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess they're doing stuff for us. But then when they see those stats, they're like, dang. So that's really good. When I see that in somebody's resume, that they're already listing the results that they had. And it doesn't always have to be like improved by 30%. You can say, you know, hosted a giveaway on social media and got over a hundred entries or, you know, it doesn't necessarily always have to be about following or things of that nature, but what did you make happen in the role? That is the most important. Uh, and number three in this section, what I'm looking for in a resume that really helps people stand out, uh, software. Like what software do you know? Because when we hire somebody, one of the most time consuming things is to teach them all these different software platforms that we use. God, y'all, I can't even tell you, like we use Asana, we use Dropbox, we use Propel, we use Canva, we use the Adobe Suite, gosh, um, Constant Contact, MailChimp, WordPress, like there's so many different um, software programs that we use. So if I see on their profile that they already know how to use those things, then I am very, very interested because that's going to save us time. That means they're going to jump in and already know what they're doing and the learning curve will be much shorter. So those are some thoughts about, you know, getting your resume. Once you found a job and you're interested in it and you're submitting your resume, those are three different ways to really uh, help bring it to life. So, um, and just in general, y'all, if you're going out for a job, apply the way that they request that you apply. Like I have people randomly email me their resumes and I'm like, cool. You know, like if you're interested, please apply on the website. Cause the job, you know, they'll say like, I saw the job description on your website and I wanted to email you my resume. And I'm like, yeah, but the website straight up says apply here. Like there's a reason why I ask people to do it that way. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with after you have applied through their website or through whatever channel they tell you to, there's nothing wrong. And in fact, I applaud someone reaching out personally to say, hi, Whitney, I just, you know, I just submitted my application through your website, but I just wanted to reach out and personally introduce myself, blah, 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 like a little cover letter type email. I consider that to be a plus. That means that they're going the extra mile because they really are interested. But, but first always obey the instructions. You know, it's like being in school. If it says to apply online or through the website, apply through the website. Okay. Um, number two, paying uh, attention to the details of the instructions of what they're asking for. Um, there are things, you know, uh, in our application form that I ask questions or I request things and people just skip over it or they don't answer the question fully. 
I'll ask like two questions of tell me about a time that you did this and this happened and they only answer part of it. So to me, that tells me they don't pay attention to detail. They're not reading the question thoroughly. And if they can't even do that when they're applying for the job and you're on your very best behavior when you're applying for a job, if they're not even fully reading the question then, how can I trust that they're going to be diligent when they're on our team? You know? So I'll be honest with you, like that's a red flag to me. If they if they only answer one out of two of the questions or, you know, if I say what to do, you know, like tell me about a time when this happened and how did you respond to it? Sometimes they'll only answer half of it. I'm like, nope, mm-mm, no. Uh, if you can't obey instructions, I, I can't. If you can't read the question and answer it, come on, y'all, we're adults, then then that's a red flag and I delete the resume or I delete the application. Um, And then when you do get on the interview, I will say this, beware of your surroundings, like what's happening behind you. Um, I've had people that I set up a time to interview them and they take the call and they're on their phone, like in a mall, like literally walking through a mall doing a quote interview with me. And I'm like, okay, so obviously you don't take this seriously. They're like walking through the mall mall, and they're like, oh, sorry, I had to like return something to American Eagle. So yeah, I'm, yeah. So, but we can talk, this is a good time. And I'm like, okay, obviously you don't take this seriously. So beware of your surroundings, like take it seriously. It's just like an interview, you know? I mean, it's just like an in-person interview. If you're doing a Zoom interview, be aware of what's around you, what you look like, you know? I mean, I'm not saying everybody has to wear makeup or whatever. If, you don't, if you're not into makeup, that's totally fine. But you don't need to look like you just rolled out of bed. And you don't need to look like you don't bathe. <laughs> you need to look like you at least bathe. Like, try, you know, put your best foot forward. And if you're interested in the job, freaking notify your face. Okay, smile, look happy, look interested. Don't just zone out and like, uh, you know, um, Actually, one of my best employees ever years ago, I almost did not hire her because I interviewed her twice. And in both of the interviews, um, she just seemed very like, whatever, just like, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm." I'm like, okay, so, you know, we do this, this and this. Like, do you have any ideas about that? Or have you ever worked in a situation like that? And she was very just like, wouldn't even really look at me and kind of like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's something I could do. Mm-hmm. And you can't see me right now, but I'm like looking left and right, like just like chilling, floating my eyes around the room, like just very, I don't know. It just seemed like she didn't want the job. And actually somebody else had recommended her to me. Um, and so the person checked in and they were like, Hey Whitney, how did the interview go with her? And I was like, honestly, like, I don't know. I, I feel like she's not interested in the job. And she's like, what? No, no, no. My, my friend is definitely interested. Like she's been so pumped about this interview all week, just like freaking out, so excited. And like, oh my gosh, just like, she's like waiting on pins and needles to see if you're going to call her. And I'm like, really? Because I surely did not get that vibe. Okay. So uh, this calls for a little bit of self-awareness of like, if you want the job, act happy, act excited, 
act, smile, like look at them the whole time, you know, like interact, nod when they're talking, like don't be glaring around the room and acting awkward. You know what I mean? Again, if you want the job, notify your face. Okay. And what's crazy is that I did end up hiring that girl and she was amazing. I loved her. She's so awesome. And she's doing such big things now. And she almost missed out on the opportunity because I just don't think she was aware of what her body language um, and her tone of voice was giving off. Like maybe she was trying to calm herself down and relax so she didn't seem like so uppity and like, hee, oh my God, oh, like in the interview, like she was trying to like be relaxed and mature. I get that too. But just be aware of what your body language, your face and your tone of voice is coming off as. Um, and last but not least, um, this is old school, but I still like it. I say follow up with a nice email, thanking the person for their time. Like to me, that shows that you're truly interested. So I love it. Like when I hang up on an interview with somebody, I immediately jot down some notes about them so I can remember, especially if I'm going to be interviewing several people, I jot down notes about them, um, in general, like the stuff we talked about and the things that stood out to me and things that I thought might be a challenge and that kind of stuff, I immediately start jotting down notes. And every now and then I'll get like, before I'm even done writing notes, I will get an email from that person that's like, Hey, Whitney, I just wanted to say thank you so much for your time today. I had a great, you know, time chatting with you about the role. I am very interested in the position and I look forward to hearing from you, you know, or if, you know, sometimes I'll ask them to send me something, you know, they'll follow up immediately with like, here are those writing samples that you requested. Uh, I'm excited to chat with you more. You know, please let me know if there's anything else you need from me. Thanks so much. That goes a long way. And maybe you don't do it immediately. Maybe you do it by the end of the day. But I think within 24 hours, if you really want that job, you should write the person, thank them for their time and actually say in the email, I am so interested and excited for the opportunity. You know, please let me know if there's anything else I need to do, you know, in the hiring process. I look forward to hearing from you. Come on, y'all. Take three minutes to write that email and it will go such a long way. Oh, okay. So I went way longer than I was even expecting. Um, but I hope this has been helpful to you. If you're a student or maybe you're trying to hire somebody, or maybe you're looking for the job uh, in PR. I hope this has given you a little bit of clarity. Uh, and I'm excited to hear what roles you go after. And hey, if you know somebody for our position, uh, again, head to besocially.com uh, and check it out. That's where we list. Uh, we have a careers page, the full job descriptions listed on there. And please apply on the website, <laughs> especially after the advice I just gave you. Please apply on the website. Um but yeah, so I hope this helps. If you ever have any questions, y'all, you can always DM me on Instagram, the Whitney Lee, or you can find me on LinkedIn. So happy job hunting. Thanks for tuning into this episode. If you thought the info was beneficial, it would mean so much if you take a quick second to write us a review and share it on social media. If you have a question about a topic or a specific industry you want to learn more about, reach out to us on Socially's Instagram or LinkedIn. And you can also find me personally, the Whitney Lee on Instagram. We are excited to connect with you and help you make your business more socially relevant. Oh, 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 oh,